Hello, Empowered People, and welcome back to the Empowered Woman Rises podcast. My name is Preeti, and I'm so glad you're here. With today's episode, we're going to kick off a series about diversity, equity, and inclusion, or DEI. You've most likely heard of diversity in regards to hiring practices in the workforce, and you may have heard of equity and inclusion. But more often than not, organizations tend to focus on the diversity piece of DEI, and they forget that equity and inclusion are key components of employee retention once you've hired them. So we're going to talk about DEI, and we're going to talk about why you should care. A workplace's climate and culture are directly related to employee engagement, and a diverse, equitable, and inclusive climate is going to lead to happier and engaged employees. So if you're in a leadership position, you care because not only is the right DEI implementation critical to hire diverse talent, that'll bring different perspectives as key for innovation, but it's also critical to engage employees in the workforce to make them feel safe so that they pour their physical, cognitive, and emotional energies into work. So they go above and beyond for your organization's success and that they feel fulfilled and happy doing it. Higher employee engagement leads to higher return on assets and higher profitability because an engaged workforce exhibits loyalty to the organization where they feel encouraged to help the organization meet its goals. They're more likely to push through challenges rather than give up because they feel motivated and fulfilled and they feel driven to perform well because again, they feel good about themselves when they're able to contribute to the organization's success. So what does an engaged employee look like? An engaged employee will say things like, I find it easy to focus on my work. Time flies right by. I have no problem adapting to necessary changes in my job. I'm motivated to persist even when there are challenges. I know my management has my back and I'm excited about my contributions to my company. I feel safe taking risks and presenting innovative ideas. My work makes me feel great about myself. If you find your employees saying and or feeling these, you have an engaged workforce. There's always room for improvement, but this is a great start. And if not, it's time to take a look at where you can make changes. Because again, higher engagement means higher profitability. But rising above the metrics, if you're a leader, you care about the right climate in your organization because you've been trusted with a team of people and it is your job to nurture them, to make them feel safe, to make them feel a part of a team and that they're respected for who they are. You know, as I was facing workplace discrimination, based on the stories I've told you in the past episodes, I looked for a definition of leadership that made sense because what was happening in front of me couldn't be it. And the definition that stuck by me is Simon Sinek's definition of a leader. He says, a leader is someone who cares about the people they've been entrusted with. They're a lot like a good parent. Good parents work tirelessly to give their children opportunities and to help them achieve more than they imagine for themselves. Great leaders want exactly the same thing. They want to build self-confidence, to give opportunities to try and fail, and they'll sacrifice themselves so that their team, their employees, their people feel safe and protected. If you're a good leader, you care about your employees, you care about the culture that your employees come to every single day, you care that they feel happy, that they feel fulfilled, that they feel like they can take risks. Ultimately, you care that the employees feel like they're contributing to something meaningful. You care that they're feeling psychologically safe. You care that they are feeling psychological meaningfulness and that they are psychologically available to contribute. 
Now, I know those seem like big terms, but let's talk a little bit about what those are. Because DEI work looks to promote these three tenets that drive employee engagement. So before we define diversity, equity, inclusion, it's important to look at these terms. Psychological safety It's the idea that employees experience the freedom and safety to engage in their work, that they can take risks, they can make mistakes, they can share their ideas without feeling like they need to watch their back or protect themselves. They can be vulnerable. They can trust that the decisions taken by management are going to be impartial and fair, and that management has their back. Psychological meaningfulness refers to an employee feeling motivated at work because it's meaningful, it's challenging, it gives them autonomy, and that they're going to be supported by their managers and peers through these challenges. They're going to get feedback. They're going to get opportunities to learn, to be trained, and they're going to be supported as they take on more and more difficult work. Psychological availability is the employee's capacity to engage. So are they confident that they can do their work? Again, training, mentorship, sponsorship become key in making sure your employees feel psychologically available. Another key component is, are the employees being given enough of a chance to renew outside of work so that they can come back refreshed? Again, refer back to the statements we used earlier. If your employees feel happy, they feel engaged, they feel fulfilled, they feel like they can be vulnerable. They feel like they're contributing to work in a meaningful way, that they're part of a bigger purpose. You have an engaged workforce. And if not, reflect on what changes you need to make. Now, if you're an employee, you're going to care about DEI initiatives because an organization that does it right is going to be a phenomenal place to work because they actually care about their employees. And beyond all the performative hurrah, They actually want their employees to feel safe, to succeed, and to feel like they're a part of something bigger than themselves. All right, so let's move on to defining diversity, equity, and inclusion. Diversity. You're likely, again, to hear this term in reference to diversity hiring. And the idea is to recruit and hire members of different identity groups, such as sex, race, ethnicity, age disability status, social class, religion, sexual orientation, gender identity. And usually these groups have anti-discrimination protection under the law. So in the U.S., you see protections in Title VII of the Civil Rights Act. In the U.K., you have the Equality Act. And you'll see some version of these across the world. But certain groups, you'll see, enjoy greater protection than others in different parts of the world. Now, diversity is also contextual. So it can include other elements within an organizational or cultural context. So for example, in an organization, whether internal or external employees are brought into a position can constitute diversity. And just something to note, some of these identity groups are more obvious than others, right? Because we can see them. So we can see the race and the sex of a person. So a lot of diversity hiring actually narrows in on these elements and we have more stats around them. But done right, Organizations can hire for elements beyond what we can see. And in the next episode, I talk to a DEI expert and we explore how organizations can do that. So moving on to inclusion. Inclusion generally talks about creating inclusive climates and it refers to an individual feeling that they belong in an environment and that their uniqueness is valued. So a person feels 
both like they're part of a team and that they can safely express their individuality. And it's key that people feel both because you don't want people to feel like to belong, they need to diminish who they are. And you don't want people to feel like outsiders, they present their ideas. Now, expressing individuality doesn't mean you get to be a narcissistic pest, if that's your personality, right? At at the core of all of this is covenants of trust and respect. So you're being professional and respectful, and you're expressing ideas that you have because of your background or expertise of unique perspective. Equity. You've probably seen the image of kids of different heights trying to look over a fence. And if you give them all a box of the same height, some can see over the fence, but others still can't. What you're seeing in practice there is equality. Equity is giving them the right size box for their height so that they're all able to look over the fence. So in the workplace, it's ensuring that you have impartial and fair processes, policies, and support in place to provide equal possible outcomes for every individual. It's the idea that you know different people, especially those from historically marginalized backgrounds, Deal with systemic barriers. So you provide chances for them to give them a shot at opportunities other people who don't have to deal with these have. So let's take a very, very, very simple example to see these in action. And I say simple because these concepts are highly complex and nuanced. But honestly, the examples I'll give you are not that far from reality for some organizations. Okay, so let's say you have an open position in your organization. You look around and you see that it's an organization of all men. You're looking to bring fresh perspectives and new ideas, and you know diversity brings innovation. You're interested in diversifying your team, so you work with the recruiters and ask them to ensure that there are qualified women candidates in the mix. Now, let's say you find a candidate who's qualified, is a woman, she's done well in the interviews, you bring her in. Congratulations, you've just made a diversity hire. Inclusion will mean that you as a leader ensure your teams are going to make her feel welcomed and that she feels safe to express her thoughts. If she's quiet because she's getting used to the environment or because she's feeling shy, you are ensuring that she feels encouraged to speak up, that she feels her ideas are valued. She's invited to team outings. Again, she's made to feel part of the team and she's ultimately to feel that she can bring her individual perspective. Equity may look like this. So your company's hours are eight to five. The woman you hired is a mom and she's responsible for school drop-off at eight. So she asks if she can start at nine and that she'll ensure her work is still done on time. So she's a great candidate. You know women are a historically marginalized group and you see society's expectations play out right in front of your eyes, right? So because you want to see her succeed as you want to see all your employees succeed, you give her a chance to have a late start. And as long as she's meeting her target goals, there's no issue with that, right? And if somebody else comes to you with their individual problem, you look to accommodate them so that, again, everyone has a fair chance at success. So you hire people, you make sure they feel safe and heard, and you give them a chance to succeed. Seems easy enough, right? So why is it then that we see more examples of exclusion in our workplaces than inclusion? Why is it that women are constantly interrupted? Why is that they're constantly having their ideas stolen, that they're given office housekeeping duties, that they're constantly talked over or shut down? Why is it that if you're a woman or a person of color, you're often overlooked for promotions or leadership roles? It's because covenants of trust, safety, and respect are not as readily present in every workplace as they should be. It's also because of factors such as stereotyping, privilege, 
unconscious bias, and likability penalty are present in our everyday interactions. And by the way, no one is born with these, right? Nobody's born a racist. These are learned ideas and behaviors where even our unconscious mind starts to process information through these different lens. So whereas leaders or coworkers, it's our job to create safe environments for employees and peers, it's also our job as humans to question our own biases and figure out if our thoughts are based on facts or if they're based on our upbringing. So the question then becomes, how do you create inclusive climates? Because everyone has some sort of unconscious bias. Everyone stereotypes. Everyone feels some sort of privilege in a particular situation. So how do you create inclusive climates? And how do you actively fight against stereotyping privilege and unconscious bias so you give your employees a fair chance of success? Or if you're an employee, that you get that fair chance? Or if you're a coworker and you're in a position of power, that you ensure your coworker has that chance? So we're going to start to answer these questions with the next few episodes. We'll start by getting a DEI expert's take on this in the next episode, and then we'll examine each concept and get some actionable strategies that you can start to implement immediately so you can see how those play out in real life. By the way, I'm really excited for the next episode. It'll be available on my podcast channel. It'll also be available on YouTube. I will be interviewing Heidi Deuce, who's an award-winning DEI consultant and expert, and she has a great take on how we can create these inclusive climates. Okay, before I wrap up, I want to mention that I also now have an Instagram page, and my handle is The Empowered Woman Rises. I'll include it in the show notes and on the website as well. I'll be including some additional research topics there, so I hope you'll follow along, and I'll include my YouTube link in the episode notes and on my website as well. My website again is www.theempoweredwomanrises.com. I hope you found this episode informative and that you'll check out the next episode. If you have any comments or any feedback for me, please reach out to me. There's a contact form through the website and you can now also DM me through my Instagram page. Until next time, take care and thank you again for being here.